Hi, this is Redgate and Will for an actual Play Monster of the Week RPG podcast. I am your host and keeper, Sarah, and joining me today is Sean. Hello, I am Sean, and I play Angus McRae, the Monstrous. And our special guest, Ollie, has returned. Hi, I have returned, and my name is Ollie. I'm, I'm playing Hendrix Friegel, the Summoned. You can find me over at OJWH Reviews on Facebook, where I talk about films and TV and stuff, except not stuff. I also am at Untitled Dice Game. It's a podcast slash stream. It exists. I'm done. Are you sure? Yeah. Unfortunately, Celeste wasn't able to join us this episode, but look out for her next time. When last we met, Marie did a dumb. She read from a book given to her by Steve and ended up summoning one Hendrix Fregel, a genuine cowboy straight from 1845. Yeehaw! Which meant Angus juggled babysitting said cowboy with investigating the gruesome and sudden murders of a family by their own teenage daughter. The trio turned up at her boyfriend's house just as he was hacking his own family to pieces. The raging music stops and the deputies arrive to find at least one of them in a mm, questionable position. Okay, so you guys are still in the house. Marie is outside of the house. Deputy Mater with two other deputies has just asked you to come out with your hands up. What do you do? I'm trying to still help the, well, trying to keep the person alive, I guess. The now dead person? I'm trying to think what, what methods of telling if someone's dead. Do, do, do pulses, checking pulses exist? They've gone completely limp in your arms. Okay. Also, is your arm still that weird weapon-looking thing? No. Good question, though. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay, so it reverted back to a normal human-looking arm. Yes. So that's a good note for future reference. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Hendrix probably doesn't know the come out with your hands up terminology, though. So, probably doesn't care how's Angus react. Oh, I cannot get up. I'm holding this guy down. You have to get in here. Um, hang on. And Deputy Mater will, um, will holster his weapon, lumber into the hallway past Fregel, Hendrix Fregel, who is holding the now dead woman still. Comes over to Angus and looks over his shoulder. Um, is is that is that Davy 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 Jones? I don't know who he is. Also, I know that he came at us with an axe. O- okay, okay. And he turns around and he gestures for the other two deputies to join him, and and they all kind of grab the strangely compliant and very silent Davy Jones, and you hear one of them murmuring. He's, he's acting just like the other girl. Uh, well, Deputy Mater says, well, we should um, check out the rest of the house. Um, can you please wait outside for us? As he grabs his gun again and does the whole Mission Impossible type thing, you can almost hear him playing the music in his head as he goes through the house with his gun leading, dips around a few of the traps. Look out for someone called Moo. I'm pretty sure they're responsible for all this. Um, Moo? Okay, okay, I, I got it. Please, please wait outside. Angus kind of picks himself up 
shield right over there. She 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 be dead. They're definitely dead. Wasn't me though. Just clarification. Uh, it's very comforting. But she did point out that someone called Moo is responsible. Moo. Moo. We have we have to stop the Moo or something like that. So the other two deputies load the boy into the back of one of their cars. And one of them stays out there with the three of you. The second goes in and joins Mater. Angus uh, looks to the deputy that remained. Oi, what's going on here? What's causing all this? Uh, well, we we don't quite know, sir. Uh, it would be good if, if the two of you would, would not talk to each other and, and share stories. Um, so we can in- interview you in individually later. Excuse me, what are you suggesting? N- nothing, sir. A nice costume. Costume? This is genuine. Um, of of course, sir. Very authentic. Darn, better be. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. If you, if you could like get in the in the in the car, and I'll I'll take you to the to back to the sheriff's office, and and we could get your side of of what happened, please. Well, we told you what happened. Yeah, I don't need to be talking to no sheriff. But we could we've we've got many questions like what you were doing here in in the first place, and um, y- yes, please get in the back of the car. You you too, ma'am. If you could get in the the back of uh, De- Deputy Mater's car, that would be much appreciated. And what if we say no? Um, then I, I may may have to insist. And she puts her hand above the handcuffs at about. I think you're getting ahead of yourself. Do you have a warrant for our arrest? Well, no, but we just, you were on on top of a, a young man and uh, he was holding a, a dead woman. So, I mean, we we just asking nicely at, at the moment to find out all what the series of events were. Why? I said it clearly before. We were walking by and we heard screaming. We came up to see what was going on. And this kid here, this Davy Jones, came out with the axe. We tackled him so he wouldn't hurt himself. He was chasing the young lady who is unfortunately deceased. Yeah, young lady, she's 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 Mrs. Jones. She's she's about forty nine, sir. She's older than you. Yes, of course. I doubt she's older than me. Hendrix. What? I uh, I'm gonna have to insist, sir, that you each get into the, the back of a different vehicle. Oh, obviously except for the one that has Davy. The only vehicle I fancy riding is a hearth, and uh, you don't want to get in the back of those. There's no room to get into the back of, of a horse, because that would be the, the butt. <laughs> you ride horses, sir? I'm interested in um, equines as well. Oh, you are? Uh, but perhaps I'll hop into the back of my vehicle, and we can discuss this further, sir. Well, if you, you, you just led with that, yeah, of course. And she walks you over to her vehicle and opens the door. Hendrix gets in. Please mind your head, sir. And then she shuts the door and you're now effectively locked in. She turns around and hitches up her belt and, you know, that whole, well, I've now got to wrestle the big guy kind of move and makes her way back over to Angus. Now, now, sir, if you could please hop into the back of the other vehicle, we can... Get your statement, and we. The sooner that you do this, the sooner you can leave. Angus eyes. I. Fine. Fair enough. He kind of glares at the deputy and glares at Hendrix. 
No, sir, that's Deputy Mater's car. I suppose it wouldn't hurt to put you in the back with Davy. Um, I think riding with Deputy Mater might be my best option. Okay, sir. Um, if that will get you into a vehicle, I, I guess that'll work. And Angus walks over to the passenger door, opens it up, and sits in the front seat. No, no, sir, it's the, the back. And shuts the door. Oh, okay, right. You guys watch as Marie runs off around the back of the house and is gone. Well, the deputy's back is turned. It's almost like she was waiting for you guys to be a complete distraction, and she's gone. You see the moment when the deputy turns back and she's like, oh, shit. She kind of, like, kicks her foot in the grass. Oh, damn. But she leans up against the car and waits for Mater in that. Uh, an ambulance eventually arrives. A crowd starts to gather and sheriff's tape goes up around the scene. Deputy Mater eventually comes out and you guys are driven off back to the sheriff's office where you are talked to separately. Hendrix would have a conversation about horses on the way over. Of course, and she bats her eyelids at you constantly. You also learn that her name is Deputy Grape, first name Faye. Cool. And um, you, you two had totally headed off with your shared affinity for horses. Is she genuinely interested in horses, or is she just trying to get me in the car? She seems to know a bit about horses, yes. Ah, oh, nice. Hendrix tries to get in good with her. Yep. You guys are questions and it is very late by the time you're let go from the sheriff's office is there anything in particular you'd like to do while you're in there other than recount your story of just being concerned citizens who happen to be wandering by angus is going to take in as much as he can as far as wanted posters postings on the walls any kind of casework that may be just lying around haphazardly as it would you want to investigate a mystery we oui. okay roll sharp i forgot for a second that we have moves yeah you can use them if you want you got moves and you know how to use them. Oh, I have no idea how to use them. I just click the buttons. I'd like to use my moves on the deputy. Of course you would. What's What was the result there, uh, Sean, of your move? It was a five, which is a failure. Okay, so while you're busy being interviewed by Sheriff Winters this time, you accidentally let slip something. What do you think that might be? Something that you guys are trying to keep concealed, you somehow let slip to the sheriff. He'll reveal that he has a notion that the music may have something to do with it because the minute uh, Marie went in the house and it sounded like a record or something was snatched and the music stopped, all of a sudden the boy went limp. And this is word for word what you tell the sheriff? I mean, I'm sure he would say it a lot more eloquently than I just summarized it, but yes. Okay, so I love how you inadvertently revealed that not only was the music involved, but Marie was also there and went inside the house. That was intentional. Okay, just making sure. He uh, thanks you for your cooperation, and you are led out onto the street, where I assume Hendrix Friegel is, is soon joining you. Can I just, for lull purposes, say that Deputy Grape gave Hendrix um, a piece of paper with a string of numbers on it before he left. Uh, yeah. And it tells, uh, please call me sometime. Maybe we could go riding together. I like this. Call me, I'll, I'll meet back up outside then. Hello, Angus. How, how did your uh, interview go? Not as well as expected. Oh. I may inadvertently let the sheriff know some information that could be damaging. 
I'm sure it's good that he he knows what's going on. Probably. Uh, I think I I hit it off with this uh, woman, so that's plus. She must be calling me her uh, these 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 things on on the paper. This, I don't know if it's a long word or what it is. So it seems like a very long name. Boy, she gave you a pet name, did she? Well, I I think she wants me to give her a pet name. Can you read it for me? Hey, let me see. He hands him the paper. Angus reads it, sees that it's a phone number, kind of chuckles quietly to himself. It is a funny name. Well, you see, Hendrix, there's these devices called telephones. People can communicate over great distances as if they're standing next to each other. What she's giving you is a telephone number. It's like a address. So she's invited me over, basically. Uh, that's nice. How does one then use this telephone? I just got this like mental image of Hendrix trying to use the telephone for the first time and like screaming into the receiver. Uh, I'll have to show you sometime. Right now, though, I think we should find Marie before the sheriff does. That's true. That's true. She does seem to want me. Marie? She's been giving me all these signals. Has she now? She has. She invited me to the, this hotel room, which all these love things in it. Uh, then she wanted to recount our sexual history together. She's, she definitely wants me. Angus kind of raises both eyebrows and shakes his head a little bit. I think you might have the wrong idea. I doubt it. I, I never have the wrong idea about these things. I know women very well. Only women, of course, obviously. Angus kind of pauses for a second, kind of smiles. You know, you might be right, Hendrix. I think you should definitely go for it. I'm sometimes confused, but obviously, if you have these signals that you're seeing, I think you should definitely go for it. I'm glad you think so. I will definitely do that. You're right, we should find her. Absolutely. And it's at this point you see Deputy Mater pull out in his vehicle and head up the street towards the Watchtower Tavern. How far away are we from the tavern? Not very far. He probably didn't even need to take the car. But it is dark out and you've missed dinner. What do you do? I mean, clearly Marie would not be so dumb to go back to the tavern. You sure? I mean, you know uh, you know her better than I do, so I- I'm happy to follow your lead on this. Maybe I could uh, telephone her with those those things, numbers. Why, that's actually a great idea. How did Hendrix? Angus pulls out his uh, magical Star Trek cell phone and uh, dials Marie's number, which clearly he saved from some point. Knows off by heart. Beep, boop, boop. Beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. It goes straight to voicemail. Ah, it's going straight to voicemail. I, I can hear her, her talking, though. It's a the recorded message. Kind of like, oh, I don't know what you'd know. I, I don't understand. You know what? Don't worry about it. Let's just go back to the tavern. Surely she did not go back there. Do you see the door to the tavern open and Deputy Mater is bleeding Marie out of the tavern and puts her into the backseat of the vehicle? Ah, uh, shite. Damn, everyone wants Marie. Uh, Angus kind of grabs Hendrix by an arm real quick, kind of pulls him aside so they're not on the main street and uh, out of view of the main road. Deputy Mater's vehicle drives past, goes into the back parking lot, and presumably is taken into the office and uh, is helped for questioning. So I guess we just have to wait for her to uh, leave like we did then. Uh, uh, I. Let's, let's go back to the tavern. 
get something to eat, and uh, retire to our room. Uh, if we could avoid meadow, uh, that'd be swell. That might be hard to do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, uh, she she tried to cleanse me or something, you know, in a weird way. That does not surprise me. We'll try me brief and get some food. Perhaps she'll deliver it to the room. Hmm, okay. Guys, head back to the Watchtower Tavern. Place is almost like you left it, playing the same music as a few more customers. Meadows behind the bar serving someone. I'm going to try and slip upstairs unnoticed. Yes. Act under pressure. Oh, Angus was going to distract her. Well, you can help out if you want. I was just going to distract her while I was going to shoot you along so you can go upstairs. and. Sure, so you can try and slip up the stairs. Angus, please roleplay out the distraction, and you can roll help out. Go for it. Oi, Meadow, how are you this evening? I rolled a five. Jesus. Do you want to roll help out as well, just to see? It's a cool move. Yes, it is. Ooh, and I had a mixed success, which uh, is not going to help him at all. No, it's not. Nor you. Okay, so Hendrix, you turn to go up the stairs and you end up bouncing off someone coming down the stairs and falling back into the bar, um, arms and legs, head over tea kettle, that kind of thing, uh, attracting everyone in the bar's attention, including Meadows. Oh. And Meadow quickly jumps around the bar and comes down to help you back up to your feet. Are you okay? Oh, hi. Angus quickly uh, intercedes and uh, kind of lightning quick moves over to uh, Hendrix's and kind of pries him away from Meadow. Oh, you have to excuse him. He had a little bit to drink this evening and motions like a drinking motion. He was just going up to that room. I'd like to get him something to eat and myself as well. I'm going to help him so he can, you know, get the bad out. So, you know, you just excuse him. Okay. Joel, can you help? And you see, it was Joel that he just bounced off of. So Joel puts her arm around Hendrix and he says, Okay, come on. Upsy daisy. Uh, th- thank you. Uh, thank you. Let's, let's go upstairs in a totally normal man way. Ah, uh, do you work out? You feel a bit toned under your shirt. Well, I, I do, actually. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. And he um, gives Angus a look over Hendrix's shoulder as he helps Hendrix upstairs, leaving Angus and Meadow in the bar. Well, now that that's settled, what's we going on this evening? I thought I saw Deputy Mather leave. Oh, yeah. Um, apparently him... And Marie are going out on a date or something. Why? Uh, yeah. He said not to wait up, that she probably won't be back until well after breakfast. Wow. Go get him, Tiger. I know. Isn't it great? I you'll have to make sure to congratulate Marie. He's quite the catch. Yeah. Joel said you visited him today. Hi. I was showing my friend Hendrix around. He's kind of new to the area. Yeah, he's so great at dancing to Jimmy. Well, you know, he shares a name with him after all. How could he not be? I know. It's like he's the perfect reincarnation 
of Jimmy. Well. And he did ask if I was already betrothed. So do you think this is like true love? Aye. That sounds like fate to me. You should definitely follow up on that. Oh, no. Oh, I will. Do you know what he likes to eat? I'll make sure to, like, feed it to him tonight. Oh, no. Or maybe smear it all over my body and offer myself up to him. Okay, not only do I not know what to say to that, Angus definitely does not know what to say to that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you think he likes chocolate? I... I, I, um, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, he, he doesn't strike me as a, uh, uh, and Angus is visibly uncomfortable here, as a, as, as a sweet person. Uh, I, I think perhaps you should hold off on the whole smearing of food on your body that, uh, that does not, no, no. What about peanut butter then if he doesn't like sweet? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, do you think he might have an allergy? So we cut to upstairs. Duh, duh, do you work out? Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, I sometimes just lift some weights in my shop. Yeah, you can you can tell. And he like pulls his shirt off and just starts flexing. Damn, that 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 is a mighty fine muscle you've got there. I didn't realize it was a uh, uh, those those metal travel things uh require so much uh manly lifting stuff. Yeah, I mean you've got to like be fit. You never know who you need to impress. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I know the feeling. Every you never know when some definite lady folk might show up, and uh, you you might need to impress the the lady folk. Yeah. Well, let's see yours. Ma- uh, sure, sure. Uh, uh. Sure, uh, well, I'd show the lady folk. Hendrix takes off his shirt. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yeah, Hendrix takes off his shirt. Wow, that's a lot of scars. Oh, these? Uh, yeah, there, there's there's a few battle wounds there. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of good in my time protecting people from different things. Really? Are you, like, in the armed services or something? I mean, because it's really hot. Uh, armed services. Uh, I fought with people once. Were good, so in in a way, but uh, I, I don't currently. I'm, I'm I'm I've been freelance for a while now. Some of these are from well, it it doesn't matter why why I was fighting. He kind of walks around you, looking you up and down, and he's like, "How'd you get this one?" And he touches one on the back of your shoulder. That one? Oh, that was a, a, a I think it was a wolf scratch me. A wolf? Uh, yeah, yeah, a kind of wolf. I, I, oh, okay. Moving on. What about this one? That one down there, uh, that uh, that was a, I think that was a bullet. Really, it keeps going down and down, and he traces his finger down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just gets a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. That all great wounds. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh goodness, it's at this. <laughs> it's at this point that Angus comes in the door. Big manly wounds. Oh, uh, hi, uh, Angus. Do you have any wounds? <laughs> Hendrix has a really awkward expression. Angus opens the door, still has one giant hand on the doorknob, one foot stepping in the door, and is taken in the scene, and is just mouth agape, just staring at the two shirtless men 
with one touching the other. I uh, should should I come back later? Uh, you know, I, I'll uh, I'll I'll come back later. Shall I? No, no, no. Why? Why would you need to come back later? There's nothing going on here. And Angus just slowly backs away and shuts no, the door. No, no, nothing, nothing. Oh, I. Uh... Hendrix puts a shirt on and runs back out. Uh, Angus, there's. Uh, did you have something to? Or you, you can come in. We can all. We, there's nothing going on. Uh, you know, Hendrix, I, I don't judge. Whatever it is, you two are doing. You, you're both grown men. I. Uh, uh, I. There, we, well, we wouldn't be doing anything as, as grown men. Obviously, that. Uh, that that'd be weird. Uh, we we were just. Showing battle wounds, talking about our, our battles, or my battles, his lifting. I, I, I see. All totally normal stuff. Why? Well, absolutely normal. It would take no insight check to, to see uh, Hendrix sweating through this conversation. <laughs> Joel comes out and he stands at the top of the stairs looking at you, too. He says, oh, Well, I totally get what you're saying. Um, good luck, you two. Forlornly. Walks past you down the stairs. Uh, puts his shirt back on. Uh, did no, no, no. It's okay. I'm fine. No, no. I've uh, obviously no, read no, the signals what? wrong. I think I read many signals wrong. Hendrix rushes to uh, to him. Joel's gotten down to the bottom of the stairs now. He's almost in the bar. Hendrix still rushes down to try and explain, grab him by the arm. I, I, it, really, there's nothing going on between me and anybody else. Really. So you and I could could uh, look at more battle wounds and you know comfort each other. Yeah, Hendrix looks around, see if anyone's paying any attention to this. As you look around, you see Meadow standing there with a tray and a couple of drinks on it. Hi, Meadow. Lovely day it is today. I'm gonna go to sleep now, probably. Normally, I don't judge how people love each other, but I just feel like you've done something hurtful to me. So, here's your drink. And she picks up the biggest drink and just upends it on top of your head before turning around and walking back behind the bar. Um, Angus... Can you explain what's going on in this place? I do not like this world. Angus is near Belton Stitches, top of the stairs, watching this entire encounter. Uh, uh, just come up here, Hendrix. We'll get you cleaned up. No, no, I'll, I'll clean him up. No, never you mind. Uh, I think it best I go back back upstairs now. I, I'm not in the mood to be doing any battle scar showing. Uh, maybe tomorrow night, then? Hendrix just walks off. Oh, that sounds like a great idea, Hendrix. Maybe tell my whole night. Hendrix rushes off upstairs. Dinner, dinner first, I'll call you. He's sibling. Go needy. Angus and Hendrix go back up the stairs into the honeymoon suite and head to their separate beds. Before we sleep. You show each other your battle scars? What are you doing? Oh, Oi, Hendrix. Yeah? It appeared that Deputy Mary was here and he found Marie. She had run off when we had gone with the deputies to the sheriff's office. I wonder if she left a note or something here for us before she was apprehended. Well, she she can read and then read and write. Uh, it's that's a bit questionable, but perhaps there's a picture drawn in crayon somewhere. Ah, 
oh, okay, I, I don't know what crayon is, but we sure, let's look for a picture. Uh, research the room. I guess you could investigate a mystery. Yeah? Yeah, what are you asking for that seven there, Angus? What is being concealed here? Okay, so you hunt through the room and you see hidden under one of Marie's layers is a red vinyl record. Hi, what have we here? I mean, is there anything like distinctive on this red vinyl record? You study it and you can see, you swear you can see black swirls in the red, but you blink and shake your head and it just looks like a normal red record. There seems to be a, a name, a title scratched into it. It doesn't have a normal, you know, label. You read it and it says Rage Trolls of Da. Out of character, they were records were like 33 years out of date. <laughs> so I have no reference point again. Uh, what is it? Uh, this appears to be a record. Uh, how to explain. Like you spoke about earlier, the recording of the stuff. I at least it inscribe music. And other things on these. Oh. Is that why there's music playing everywhere and no bands? Aye, that it is. That makes sense. So should we play this? I think that would be a very bad idea. Did you not notice, back at the house, there was a loud screaming music, along with the loud screaming lady being chased with an axe, and her son wearing a pig mask. I was running around. Once Marie went inside, it sounded like she had shut off the music because it had stopped. And that's when the boy went limp after I tackled him. There must be some correlation between the music and this rage. I kind of just assumed that uh, Marie stopped the band, but that I suppose if it's not a band after all, then uh, maybe it's relevant, I guess, maybe. Angus um, also scratched onto the other side of the record are the numbers 6, 5, and 9. The records usually... Cause people to go crazy? I think that's a matter of perspective. Oh, I'll take that as a yes. For the love of God, Sarah, can you write out the name? Rage Trolls of Da. Thank you. Thinking about it, that probably is the perfect name for this record, considering the type of music you heard blasting out of that window. A lot of rage. Hold on just one second. I gotta make a phone call. Uh, sure. I think it pulls out his cellular telephone yet again, and uh, dials... Mr. Ephraim. Boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, Bring, bring. Oh, Angus, what can I do for you, my boy? It's a bit late or early, I suppose. Oh, I, I apologize, sir. We stumbled across another mystery here in this town of Hendricks. It seems that some kind of music has possibly causing some people to go crazy. Homicidal, even. Oh, it's not that siren, is it? We, uh, we encountered, so far, two individuals who have murdered their families quite graphically. And at least one, the last one we encountered, was listening to this music. We have this record. It has a title of Rage Trolls of Duh. Duh? Why, judging by the music, it's quite violent music, I might add. Hmm. The music stopped, and they kind of went limp, a catatonic state. Investigate a mystery! I hate you. Good. Ha ha! It's a five. Ooh, I got all six checkboxes in the experience. <laughs> so you level up. Well, that sounds like... And then your phone disconnects. Hello? Is the death room? Hello? Not even a dial tone. 
Your phone is completely dead. Oh, this blasted thing. What happened? My phone died. I'm not even sure what's going on. It died? These things are alive? It's a figure of speech. It's no longer working. I think it's kind of folded up and puts in its pocket. That's inconvenient. You should get a new one. Right. I'll put it on my to-do list. So, uh, where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with Marie, with Deputy Mater at the sheriff's office, with this record that is obviously causing some kind of homicidal rage in whoever listens to it, and that leaves you with an expected date with Joel tomorrow to talk about your body scars. Date? Uh, uh, I don't uh, know about any dates, um, or especially not with any, any, any male figures. That that's not a thing that I, I do. Now the the Miss Grape, on the other hand, she seemed wonderful uh, at the police station. Definitely my kind of person as a female. Yeah. All right, you're just making all your rounds around here, aren't you? Hey, what about poor Marie? Uh, Marie, Marie too. Uh, obviously, uh, she's definitely pretty. I'm sure. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling too good right now. Uh, I. Been a, a, a strange evening or morning. What are we every evening? Ah, we haven't even eaten still. Perhaps you should clean yourself up or wander downstairs and see if I can't dig up any eats to bring back up. I don't fancy going downstairs. Oh, no, no, no. You you stay here and get cleaned up. I'll go downstairs. I, I don't think Meadow, you know. Oh, uh, no. I, I, I'd rather stay far away from her and, and, and Joel, uh, anyone else who's downstairs. I think I should just stay in my room. Okay. I think perhaps that's best. Angus heads downstairs. A very unchatty meadow gives you two plates of food and sends you on your way. In the time that Angus is gone, uh, Hendrix looks down at his arm, a bit confused, and tries to make that thing that happened earlier happen again. It does. So I'll kick some ass, see if I accidentally damage something. Sure. Since you're in the the main bathroom, standing in front of the mirror, we'll say. Hmm. Nice. I don't know how to determine this, because I'm not trying to destroy anything, but uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's a mixed success either way, whether I'm trying to or not. Yeah, your arm kind of explodes out into that weird weapon thing, and it pierces the mirror. Glass shatters everywhere. You obviously do more damage to the mirror, but you get cut up a bit. Oh, that's not what I was intending. I have a more fun thing that could happen. Like what? The arm doesn't go back to normal. Ah, we need a roll specifically for your arm, don't we? Yeah, I thought that was a fun thing. Want a mixed success? What do you think? Would it just do that? Yeah. Okay. When you kick some ass with that weapon, your arm, and get a mixed success, it doesn't automatically go back to the normal arm form. And you also take one harm because you trade harm on a mixed success. Angus, you hear the smashing of glass upstairs as you're on your way back up. Oh, what does that idiot do now? And he hastens to step back up the stairs and opens up the door and shuts it immediately behind him. Hendrix, where are you? What are you doing? Uh, nothing, nothing. I'm just getting cleaned up. I thought I heard something shatter. Uh, no? Well, yeah. I'm assuming he probably did this naked, just like after a shower. Because it's like a body change thing, and he wanted, because realistically, they probably would. Hendrix will close the door and then redress and 
cover the arm with his jacket or something. Sure. So you manage to quickly, hurriedly dress, and you go out into the main room. You're bleeding. Ah, Hendrix, are you bleeding? Oh, this is just a scratch from earlier. Joel scratched you? Way earlier, back in the, the, the house, where, when, you know, when there was fighting going on. Angus, who really has no idea, because he was tied up, kind of just eh, shrugs, and uh, presents Hendrix with his uh, tray. Medu Peter, some food. Oh, what, what, what is it? Angus lifts the hood off his tray. It's, I don't know, pork chop, broccoli, mashed potatoes, a little bit of gravy. Hey, looks like a fine meal. Let's see what she gave you. Lift the hood off of Hendrix's, and it's a peeled, uncooked potato. Did you, uh, did you tell her that uh, one would be for me? I, uh, and just kind of stares at potato. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I just said I needed two meals. Right, right. Well, suffice to say, I will not be sleeping with her again. Just uh, throw that out there. She's not dangerous, is she? Oh, I, uh, I don't know. She's a bit, you know, touched in the head. I, I gathered. She called me a, a demon and all. What's that before I actually slept with her? Uh, that was before, ironically. Huh. That's fair. And I mean, what the way you were, uh, you know, with her brother? Uh, you know, I... Yeah. This is kind of... Brother? Uh, I think you might have mentioned that. That was definitely not a smart thing to do. I sibling rivalry. Yeah. Oh, well, enjoy your dinner. Hendrix just has a stunned uh, look on his face. And Angus pointedly digs into his pork chop and watches Hendrix as he eats it. So after eating your meals, or, or meal, you retire to your beds for the night. You each heal one harm, because you have an adequate rest. And in the morning, the first thing you notice upon waking is that the window is wide open. The second and more alarming thing is that the record is gone. Dun dun dun! Well, that was a fun little romp with the guys. We miss Celeste's giggles this episode, but we're all looking forward to her return. Thanks and Kermit flails to everyone who has liked, rated, reviewed, and retweeted our podcast. And a special thanks to Twitter user at triangle underscore B underscore AB for the retweet. We have shown our appreciation by naming Deputy Faye Grape after your current display name. I hope you like her. How can you, dear listener, have this special honor bestowed upon you? Well, just find us on Twitter at Redgate and Wolf and retweet our pin tweet and we'll add you to my list. Another way to help and totally fuck with the game is to nudge the fates of Angus and Marie by gifting them either a boon or a bane, or perhaps both. Details for this and other ways to show your support can be found on our website, redgateandwolf.com. We end this episode with a trailer from Astronomica, a Stars Without Number actual play podcast. And as always, I am your host and keeper, Sarah, and thanks for listening. Hail travelers. Have you ever really needed to get off the planet or otherwise celestial body you find yourself on and you're not terribly particular about how? 
Then may I suggest the Admiral Gracie for your next sojourn among the stars. Have you ever wanted to tour the stars and see whatever world is most convenient to us and our goals at the present moment? Have I? Tag along! I'm the Admiral <laughs> Grace, the galaxy's only cruise liner with no real destination. The Admiral Grace Zero Liability Corporation. When you absolutely have to reach your destination, there are affordable alternatives. Your passport to, to the, the stars! stars. Join the crew of the Admiral Grace, Starmaster Stan, and yours truly for Astronomica, a Stars Without Number actual play podcast. We'll bumble our way through the universe every Wednesday, so check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere pods are cast. Now it's built on a graveyard or something, man.